Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble, welcoming you to this episode, episode 43 of the Michelle Mission, our review of Coming to America with Simone Missick. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. Simone is a very, very cool person who me and Vince had a great time chilling with at Therapy Wine Bar in the heart of Brooklyn. Um, But anyway, it was a really great time, a really cool time, and I really think that you're going to enjoy this episode. If you do enjoy it, though, I invite you to check out, go over to MichelleMission.com. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, every place a good podcast be. Just look up, look for Michelle Mission. If you go there, you'll find this episode, but you'll also find a second episode. That's right. An entire all new, unfiltered, uncensored hour that we did with Simone Missick this very night. It was a really cool time. So I invite you to go to MichelleMission.com and check out a special presentation. Our Misty Night with Simone Missick, exclusive to Michelle Mission, not available in the Black Tribbles Podcast Network. And all you people in the Tribble Nation, you'll want to hear that because it is on that episode that Simone joins the Tribble Nation. Go to MichelleMission.com, check it out. But first, listen to this show, Coming to America with Simone Missick on the Michelle Mission. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two minimum podcast every black film ever made. This is part two of our show. <laughs> it's real DIY. Simone Simone you know, it's real, you know. Just look. <laughs> this is part two, ladies and gentlemen, of our, of our episode with Simone Mystic of Marvel's Netflix, Luke Cage. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. As always, I'm joined by my partner. Uh, this is Vincent Williams, Mitz All Soul, G-Town Radio, Wednesday and, nights, 8 to 10. And joining us for this review of Coming to America we're, is we'll none We will actually o- talk about Coming to America. <laughs> 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 we will talk about Coming to America. It's none other than... Simone Missick. Hey, a.k.a. Hey. Misty Knight. Yeah, nice. Okay, so we're talking about Coming to America, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're reviewing on tonight's episode. Um, but we advertised that we were going to be reviewing Love and Basketball. We did. Now, do you want to talk about this now, or do you want to play the trailer? Or like, He's like, stay I'm on track. In. I'm sipping in. I need structure, Lynn. I'm, trust me, I'm okay. going to right, in. Don't ahead. worry. I, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm just asking questions. Once upon a time, in a faraway kingdom, lived a handsome prince. He was attended by devoted servants. Do you think perhaps just once I might use the bathroom by myself? Most amusing, sir. Wipers! And engaged by royal decree. Why? Why can't I find my own wife? We've gone to a great deal of trouble to select for you a very fine wife. 
wife. I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Where will you find such a woman? In America. So he traveled across the sea to the land of opportunity, which is where the fairy tale ends and our story begins. Behold, Simi! Life! Real life! And seeing that we have been denied for far too long. We're in New York now. Let us dress as New Yorkers. I feel like a complete idiot. Have either of you ever had any fast food work experience before? Certainly not. This will be our first job in the United States. I am Akeem. Nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. Oh, my goodness! It is you! Greetings, Your Highness! Who was that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsidio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable of royal romance. When I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. Apparently, these are the best women Queens has to offer. Pick one and let's go home. I want to tear you apart. And your friend, too. Coming to America. Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son? Yes. You want to keep working here? Stay off the drugs. Yes. We advertised love and basketball. But you changed your mind. I did. Why so? You know, I because I, I excuse me because I should say we did, when we did our first live event, we that's when we announced that you know we're going to be interviewing Simone Missick and she's doing Love and Basketball and there was an audible like oh <laughs> oh it's my movie no oh my god oh I want to do that movie no why well, so I'm just curious why you changed your mind you know I think I was doing Love and Basketball to satisfy all my black women mm, okay. and my mama. That's like her <laughs> favorite black movie. Really? She loves her some Love and Basketball. She's like, I watched that scene at the end with the song over <laughs> and over again. Because that's my mama. That's but when I think about movies that I watch over and over and over and over again and quote and look at all those details. It wasn't Love and Basketball. Right. Love and Basketball really? is a movie that I love. It's you know, black female director, black female starring role. Right. It's basketball, which is close to my heart. I remember watching that movie and thinking, I got to Hollywood ten years too late. Like right, when I was right. a kid, I was like, this is the movie I should be doing. Right. But they're doing it right now. Were you a and basketball so, player? Yeah, yeah. Really? So, Did so you that's watch so that- Netflix, Luke Cage. I mean, we we did. Are you also a detective? Can, I just thought you were acting. Did you not think I was shooting the basketball? I apologize. I wow. Did. Wow. I knew you shot it. You lying. You see, lying. See, right here. I didn't know how many wait, takes. Wait, lying. Wait. And see, and now it's like, and that's when things change. That's when things get dark. <laughs> we were having such a good time. No, 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 no. I, I fault the editing for that because the way that it was edited, it didn't look like I was shooting the basketball okay. on the first take. And then people just kind of don't pay attention after that. But, uh, yeah, that that was me. I played basketball and Real played rat. basketball in high school in Detroit. Point guard. 
point guard. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I was short. Okay. <laughs> it was the only way I could get on the court. All right. That is another Misty Knight quote. So yeah, it was uh it was that movie was a lot. I mm-hmm. remember when it came out, I was just like, Oh my god, we've got not only all the great music and the, all the actors that we love, yeah, but this is right. Sanaa Lathan's like really fir- her. This was her first big thing that we, you know, really saw her in her own starring lead in role. her own vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is powerful, but it's not a movie that I watch over and over and over again. Okay, and, and that movie is coming to America. It's coming to America. So why has coming to Guys, America? I, I just need us to to know what's cool. happening on. Right oh no, no, this it's cool. Like it's cool. No, 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 no. I mean, are you cool? <laughs> All right, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Give a, no problem. Well, hold, hold on. Give me this. Hey, y'all. This 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 real time stuff. Real time. Real time. Real time. Him, my man. Oh, we left. He left. We'll give him a flyer on the way up where you can listen to the show. Guys, guys, everybody's being really nice here. That was strange. You guys don't know on the the radio, there was just a person just sitting here. Right. No drink in his hand. Just kicked his foot up on the chair. It was just going to sit here through the whole interview is what I felt like was about to happen. Okay. Okay. I'm a woman. Y'all are dudes. About, and that's a whole different You know what? And so that's a y'all whole, that's a whole that. different But energy. I'm walking home after this. Okay. So I mean, that's just. Oh, now it seems like I was the weird person at no, the table. Not at all. Y'all not didn't not see all. this Actually, guys. Now can't. I feel bad. No, for yeah. what? Because like I feel like I feel like we're gonna get an email from Dorian. Like, yo, dude, <laughs> why are y'all looking at yo? I told you one thing. Look out. That's all I said. Look out. You want you want to know a secret, Simone? He yelled at me for like five minutes when we got here because I sat here. Remember the whole exchange we had about the, yes. the the glass? So I sat here and I put my glass there, and Lynn said, "You can't sit there because that door's that chair's by the door. Let Simone sit where you are. Ah. You sit by the door." And I said, "Well, she's not here yet." He said, "Well, just you know, when we get here, because we didn't want Dorian to get mad at us." No, I think we, you so. know what's funny. You know how men feel like they have to face traffic. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So I think that the woman is always in danger if her back is the closest to the to the door, the shotgun. If to to point out a, See, a cameo she... by Samuel L. Jackson in <laughs> in what? Coming to America, yes. somebody come in with the shotgun and you right. closest to the door, you gonna be the first one to get, You're shot. The first one to get shot. And Dorian's like, no, I want to be the one to see the gun going in your back. Damn. <laughs> That's love. It is. That should be on a card. It, it is. Girl, shotgun love. Girl, I'm going to be the one to see the gun going in your back. I'm going to see your back. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. He also sleeps closest to the window and not the door. Yes. That's, that's wrong. right. No, I, that's, that's ridiculous, that's y'all. Wrong. You're supposed to sleep close to, to the door. Because if you if the burglar murderer in. comes in, you're going to be the first one to get stabbed. Through the window and, and, it's, and it's a breeze. <laughs> I see what he's doing. I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. He said it's a You are totally in the bag for Dorian. I'm just <laughs> Dorian, you got a friend. You got a real friend over I'm here. Call, I'm calling foul. No, you're supposed <laughs> to sleep by the door. The only reason I don't come because I can see I can see Tawana be like, baby, you don't sleep by the door. <laughs> only reason I don't sleep by the door because she has a bad shoulder. Ah. And laying on that side, you know, it messes her up. It so that's the only up. reason. But she'll tell you that when we go to bed, even if she goes to bed before me, when I get in the bed, the first thing I do is I pull her to me. Yes. Because I'm protecting her. Yes. Protective. Yes. Yes. So there you go. I feel there we like, go. You know, we, 
we misread that. Yeah, well, so I, I'm from Detroit, so again, I'm always aware of my surroundings. Okay. So back so, to the question, to the, the matter question of hand. Why does Coming to America resonate with you so much? You know, Coming to America was a movie that, one, when it came out, I was six. So it's not like I was watching it, you know, over and over Legally. again. Or, right, or that right, I went right, to the theater right. to see it. <laughs> right. It was definitely something I discovered when I got older. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, I went to Howard. We would literally watch that movie and Martin's You So Crazy just over and over and over again. There's so many good Howard memories associated with just quoting this film. And then when you look at it now, this Mm -hmm. is what, close to 30 years later, almost. Yeah, Yeah, almost. Almost 30 years later. And you see what he was able to do with this movie. Mm -hmm. The number of people that he had in it, the Mm -hmm. kind of cast that he had. There was no, you know, like, well, let's check off a box for diversity. Like, he was like, no, I'm making a black film set in a fictional land (laughs) called Zamunda. And it's just... (laughs) Funny, yes. It is literally one of the funniest films and ever it's made. Depiction of an African nation, and it's it's not misery porn, right? It's not you know flies. Exactly. On, like, I actually wrote in my note. Well, I wrote two things. I wrote Zamunda e- equals Wakanda. Yes, you I know, thought first. about that. Right. And then I said it's like Black Atlantis. Yeah. Like it's like Camelot. It is. But it's all black. Yeah. And what I what I noticed really watching the movie, you know, over for this was that it's such a strong depiction of black wealth. No matter how fantastical it seemed, we had at that time not really seen visually Mm -hmm. something like that, where you've got an ocelot or a a lion's head with jewels out of it on a black man's shoulder. And rose petals every place you walk in. Everywhere that they walk. It was like literally the imagining of what is the pinnacle of black wealth, what that would look like. And for, I think, everyone who was watching it, they were like, yes, I want to believe in this. Yes. And so I think that that was such a powerful visual for so many people. It's just, it's a great film on so many levels. Right. Okay, I didn't want to go here so early. But go there. But I felt like that when I felt first watched the movie, probably the first three times I've watched the film. I couldn't help but when I was watching the film this time, mm-hmm. watching it for this, in... The same thing as you, being taken in by the tapestry and everything that's going on, and also getting the Wakanda feel off of it. Home of the Black Panther. But feeling that Wakandan feeling and wanting to, like, have it reverberate with me, mm-hmm. I couldn't because of Zamunda's um, depiction of weave of what they felt and how they um, their depiction and their uh, treatment of women. Let's hear it in that film. Ah, because in the, because it's it's right there in the text. And admittedly, you know Eddie Murphy's running away from it, right? But right, it's right, it's right there, there admittedly that, in the text this, right. that the women are there, you know, like not to be taken care. Nobody cares about what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Nobody's caring about what they're doing, what what their feelings or anything like that. They're there simply to throw rose petals on the floor and to clean the royal penis. Yeah. Um, it's taken as a given mm-hmm. that you're going to have sex 
with your um, with Service. your watch maidens because I know I do, I do. your married father bragging yeah. about this to yeah. your yeah. son yeah. that I'm cheating on your mother mm-hmm. habitually mm-hmm. and expect you to do the same. Yeah. You know, um, why would you want a woman that can think for herself, you know? And I couldn't help but thinking as progressive as a city or as a country as this must be, never mind we don't know how they got their wealth. Right. So right. because of thinking about that, that made me think, how did they get their wealth? Yeah. Where is that coming from? You know, um, why did, you know, the queen seem to, in the beginning, kind of like be cool with this whole thing? Mm-hmm. It's only really at the end that she um, exercises any of her own thoughts and agency about, you know, how you're raising our son. Well, your son's 21. Where were you? I still like the movie. Yeah. But I couldn't help but watch it now from the from this lens of a man with a twenty three year old daughter. Like that's kind of that's kind of messed up. I think Madge Sinclair complicates it a little. I think Madge Sinclair, even from the very beginning, because I you know I think you're I think you're right. I think you know you think about that scene with Vanessa Bell Calloway and the, and the barking and and you know and, and you know. It's not even just recently. I think certainly as time has gone by, many of you know, we watched that and we're like, that's a little icky. Mm-hmm. But I think you look at it, Madge Sinclair is the first one that says, you know, I think something's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of woven throughout the movie that Madge Sinclair, or, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to try and pronounce her name, but in, in the film, but she has the king's ear. Right. And she has her own voice, and I, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was this really kind of neat detail that they had an arranged marriage, right? And they said, and Madison Clear says it. You, you know, I when I met you, I didn't know him, and I learned to love him. And then, you know, sort of obliviously, he says, "Now, see, you know, there's a short line between, between love nausea and, nausea and love." And, love, and yeah. she looks at him like, you know, what? You know, like, yeah. so I don't know if it's quite that. My you, reading isn't. But you talk about that being woven in the film. Yeah, you're talking about that's third act stuff, man. No, no, no. no that was no, the first. No. Act. That's the first act that when Max they're talking about says right. You she's know, saying I when I first met your father, and I then, was right, and then she talks about the details of their marriage. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And right. you know, I also think it's a testament to Madge Sinclair. You know, the fact that she that she has enough presence and. You know, sort of gravity to sort of. I mean, first of all, stand next to James Earl Jones, who you know who's having a ball and kind of cutting up, but he's still yeah. James Earl Jones, yeah, mm-hmm. with a lion head, yeah, on his shoulder, and she's able to sort of stand with him. So, you know, Eddie Murphy is also one of my triggers. I feel like there's some ugliness in this period, Eddie Murphy, anyway. Like, you know, you look at Raw, you look at, you know, some of the stuff he says. But I think the good outweighs the bad with that. I think it is important to recognize the uh, royal patriarchal system that they were representing. Very true. You know, we can look at it from a, you know, we live in America in 2016 and we live in a democratic society. But they they were rendering a royal family. 
And in those royal lineages, women do not have as much power. They don't have as much agency. They don't have as much voice. This was a system that went from male to male to male. True. Right. And it was a system where the mother says at the end, well, you if you if it's the way that it's always been, who can change it? You can. You're the king. Right. So one, you have to recognize the system that they were rec- that they were portraying. One. Right. And two, within that system, which was clearly a caste system, it wasn't just the women who were being taken advantage of. There were men there to brush his teeth, yeah. rinse his mouth. Right, right. You know, make him gargle. G- gargle his throat for <laughs> right, him. Right, right, right. Comb his, his hair, wipe his bottom. So this was a system that did not just take advantage of women solely. It took advantage of men. And who's to say that Madge didn't have her own man-in-waiting How about that? that she got to take advantage of when she's so pleased. But you also have to look at the lens that they're telling the story through. They're telling the story through the lens of a young man, right? a young boy. They're mm-hmm. not going to tell his mother or his imaginary sister that he does not have or his close cousin who is his confidant. It's him and his best friend going right. off to conquer right. the world and sow their royal oats and you know, you look at movies told about 21-year-old men. I just saw this really cool movie called Kicks. Oh, and yeah, okay. Great like movie. It? Okay. Wait, great movie, except I hated it. <laughs> right? Okay. It was a great movie. I thought that the story was well told. I thought that the kids who were in it were awesome. I thought that Mahershala Ali, who's on House of Cards, oh, and yes. he plays Cottonmouth, who's a friend of mine, thought he did an outstanding job. But where were the women? Mm. Right. The women were voiceless. They were faceless. You never saw his mother. You never heard the grandmother speak. All of the young women who were in the movie sounded ignorant and ratchet. There were no, there wasn't like the little smart girl in the hood who was trying to make it. Yeah. Right. Every girl was like, let's go over here and party and let's have sex and I'm going to cuss at you like I'm a dude. Right. And I had the fortune of being in a talk back and I raised that question. Okay. Where are the women? And he made the comment, this director, was that he has gotten that question often. And that for him, he was telling a story about a young 16-year-old boy coming of age in an urban city where, because the cycle of poverty is such, most of the women are gone. They're off earning money in order to take care oh, of the, so the house. Work. So his mother was at work, and he made the active choice to portray the mother in that way, where she was just an idea. He also said that the women that he grew up with had to be as hard and as aggressive as the men in order to survive in a society like that. Being from Detroit, I've seen that, but I've seen the the converse of that. Yes. So this right. is just his lens, his voice. True. So in Eddie Murphy telling this story, he's telling this story from that lens of what would a 21-year-old man be looking at. Right. And Eddie Murphy chose to make his lead character look for a woman who had a brain. Exactly. Who had a voice. That's who, true. Who did not true. just That's the whole live point of the to movie. serve. Right. 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 So. Okay. Then I'm glad we went there and got it out of the way. Because <laughs> it was bothering me. Yeah. So I'm glad it's there. It's gone. It's so there. now we yeah. can just enjoy the, the comedy. rest of the yes. movie. For what it is. I mean, listen, there are all types of other issues in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's some light skin, dark skin issues in this movie. Really? You know what? You are not the first or fourth person I've heard mm-hmm. say that. And and are you talking specifically about the sisters? Absolutely. Or, well, 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 speak on. Speak on the sisters. You know, Sherry Headley, who plays Lisa, this yes. Yes. 
idea of American beauty. Yes. African American beauty. Right, right, right. She's gorgeous, long, silky hair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Soft, Eurocentric features. Okay. And quiet, demure, intelligent. Yes. And her sister. Yes. Is the loud, sexually aggressive, overly sexually mm-hmm. aggressive, loose morally, darker skin, darker skin sister, equally as beautiful. Yes, but is portrayed as just this thirsty man, hungry, you know. And and it wasn't it wasn't like she was a gold digger because she was down to go for Hakeem when she thought he was a goat herding. Right, How about exactly, that? exactly. Yeah. She just. Was man hungry? Right. Why? Why were they cast in that way? You look at it and you think, oh, that's awesome that you've got, you show that one sister is light and one sister is dark. I live in a household, my, I'm a little lighter than my sister, she's browner. So it's not like that can't exist. Of course. So good, show that. But for that to be the, the then the dynamic between the two of them, that was something that just always right. popped off the screen for me. Right. And and I've I've, I've actually was just reading a, a, a review of it where that came up. Mm-hmm. And you know, is that just 1988 and people are oblivious? I think so. Or and is that something you know? There's a, certainly a pattern that is emerged. We've talked about that before yeah. in movies. And, but do you um, think people really oblivious in 1988? And and I'm, I'm and maybe I'm I'm jumping ahead, so maybe it is true. And you but know, when does when does school I mean, days come they're, out? They're Sherry Headley, but Sherry Headley is not like you know. I don't know Vanessa Williams. I knew you was gonna say Vanessa Williams. I knew you were. That's she so saw weird. your mouth forming I mean, the V. Well, she, you know, I think she's the default if we're talking about you know a lighter skinned actress. Halle Berry. Oh, even Halle Berry. There we go. You know. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, she's light brown. But again, Halle Berry in another Eddie Murphy movie, Boomerang. Boomerang, yeah. Is the lovely, sweet, beautiful, artsy, and Robin Givens, the browner sister, is the man-hungry, sexually aggressive one. Well, you know, and there's a whole, there's another, I actually think that. Robin Givens is the hero of Boomerang. Like, I actually, think, I feel like I've heard. Okay, this like I love Robin Givens. Like, I think Robin Givens. I think, is I actually think Robin Givens is a beast in yeah, this movie. So, yes. Know. And yet, the way that that she's not portrayed to be the hero, though. Oh, it, that's just an. I don't think that that, that is the ultimate okay, read. Right, I don't. Yeah. I mean, okay. I certainly think okay. that, but I think according to, I think what most people probably took away from that right. was, huh. She's unfeeling. She's mm. the man eater. Yes. She's, uh, you know, a sexually aggressive woman who just doesn't really care. Right. And she's browner skin. But the sweet one who really just wants love right. is light skin. The girl. softer one, yeah. Right. And she's softer. Yeah. So, okay. fair enough. Maybe that's Eddie Murphy's complex. I mean, his well, wives are I, always I, light. I think there's some ugliness right. in Eddie Murphy's filmography. I, I, you know, I think there is. There is this kind of. And especially from this period mm-hmm. where, you know, he's right at, the, I mean, you know, you under, he was 28, seven, he's 27. I mean, you look at the, at, at some of the, the interviews that went on at the John mm-hmm. Landis talks about, they came to blows almost. And, you know, cause Eddie Murphy was at his sort of rock star, obnoxious oh. Eddie Murphy-ness at this yeah. moment. Yeah. So, you know, so let's uh, get into coming to America, the story of Prince Hakeem. Akeem coming to America Shuffer. to find the love of his <laughs> life um, with his best friend Simi, played by Arsenio Hall. 
pre his stardom. Yeah. This is yeah. probably the movie that rocketed him up right. to stardom yes. as well. Um, and you talked about like the, the the cast is immense in this movie. Oh my god. We talked about Madge Sinclair, James Earl Jones, you know, wearing a lion on his on his shoulder and making the lion look small. Yeah. That's how bad he yeah. looks, you know, yeah. in this film. John Amos, yes. John, yeah. doing great work. Um, Sherry Headley, uh, Eric LaSalle, yep. in the role he was born to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's really kind of an uncelebrated player in this. <laughs> he is. Yeah. But, I mean, because he sells it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. definitely. He's the prince. When of that Soul like, well, I bet this ain't too hard for you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> ain't you? I did chasing monkeys. Chasing monkeys. <laughs> That's right. And- isn't that what he said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of that, like, subtle, elitist, yeah. middle class right. ignorance, really. And just to circle back to Africa, I thought it was this nice subtext about how we view you as, Ameri- as, as African-Americans. Yeah. And, you know, what we've seen in mm-hmm. the beginning. So, yeah. So, you know, got that commentary going Which on. I love. Yeah. You know, the whole... I mean, even like the juices and berries, even though that Mm -hmm. comes out of the mouth of Eddie Murphy's character. Right. You know, just the idea of that. Like, oh, in Africa, they don't use shea butter. Right. They're using juices and berries. They're going out and picking their hair conditioning. And and squeezing squeezing wine grapes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And this is also, you kind of touched on it a little bit, the movie that began the proliferation of Eddie Murphy in costume. Yes. Uh, the, the many yeah. faces of Eddie Murphy yeah. in many all faces, his movies. Yeah. Rick and Baker. Rick mm, Baker, Rick the Baker. noted creature feature um, makeup artist yeah. who does phenomenal work. I mean, did you see Randy Watkins' uh, facial hair? I am so glad you pointed that out. Come on now. Randy Watson. I mean, me. even I even the Randy even the Watson. shape of his yeah. face. Yeah. You know, just say, the because, cheekbone. And the, yeah. Because yes. that's the one character that you could literally look, look at, at and not see Eddie, Eddie. Murphy yep. in there. Yep. At all. I remember yes. thinking that myself when I was watching, like, is it Eddie? Right, right. I'm hearing Eddie. Yeah. There are few moments on film that bring me greater and purer joy than Jackson Heights' own Randy, Randy Watson. Watson from you, the What's, what's going, going Down, down episode, episode of That's My Mama. You yes. may recognize him from the What's Going Down episode. Yes. Of I actually closed, because, you know, I closed my notebook. Yes. And just sat, because... It makes me so happy. It is. Simone, it makes me so happy <laughs> to hear Randy Watson yeah. sing. The in, greatest in, in, love of all. In the sexual yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. It's pure. It is such a detailed performance. The drop the mic. Yes. The point and the, the shuffle Elvis along. And, yeah. Yes. And there are and so many like moments and details in that movie have been repeated and repeated on film or in life. It's iconic. It is so iconic. You yeah. know, every time somebody has on something nice, what is that velvet? What, what is that velvet? <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. every single line yes. in that movie is pure comic gold. Yeah. But you, we didn't finish talking about all the cameos, like all oh, the we people. We did not because we didn't even touch on. We didn't touch on Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson. It's like in like. 
already pure baked Samuel L. Jackson oh, right. move, oh, right? Yeah, in this in this in this role, and without a line of dialogue, but rocking his Jackson miniseries afro. <laughs> Is Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. Just sitting there. Sitting there. Yeah. Not getting his hair cut. Yeah. Is, this his, is that his first role? I feel like I it was. his first appearance. There is a cameo by F. Gary Gray in the audience at the Black, uh, at the Black, Black Awareness, Awareness Week. Black Awareness Week. Yeah. He's three rows up. Oh, wow. You got Vondi Curtis Hall playing the Zamunda. Oh, I forgot about Vondi Curtis oh, Hall. My yes. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> You've got yeah. Ruben Santiago, Santiago Hudson playing the guy who yeah. steals all the That's jewelry. Right. That's right. I mean, it just goes on and on. You and got the callback to Trading Places. Say, of course, Donna Michi. Donna Michi and, yes. and Ralph Bellamy. That's right, from Trading Places. Two of the only three white people that in are in this movie. movie. Yes. Right. The other one being Eddie Murphy's comedian friend, Louis Anderson. Exactly. And the Louis. cab driver. Oh, oh, yeah, and Jake. 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 Jake, Jake, uh, Jake Steinfeld, the cab driver. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. common parts of Queens. Yeah. And then what about, um? oh, the you've got, this is Garcelle Bouvet's, like, first role ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As the as rose one, petal. As the rose petal girl. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Is that really, is that really that her first role? Ri- I mean, it I probably can. is. Yeah, because And just, Lynn, I've been trying to let you, I was trying to let you get to it. I'm very disappointed. You haven't called out Calvin Lockhart. Calvin, you know why? Calvin Lockhart. Because as, I felt as, bad about as, Calvin's role, man. As the um as Calvin. the Broad to Be's father. He's Vanessa oh. Bell's father. Jesus, Calvin Lockhart. That's Biggie Michelle Smalls himself. Mission favorite Calvin Lockhart. I felt bad about Calvin's Calvin's role. It was man. so small. Like cause Calvin like cause Calvin Lockhart in the 70s is Calvin Lockhart. He is like easily one of the he is the, one of the ten coolest men to ever appear on film and he is here in a major domo suit yes <laughs> with with his nutcracker hat yes just introducing his daughter introducing his daughter looking like chocolate chiseled onto the screen <laughs> yeah. he's got the most gorgeous face you know what i think is so interesting when you talk about the costumes there's such a british influence yeah he played polo he's got on the full yeah polo uniform when they're leaving they, they're on the carriages yeah and they've got like the feather and so wherever zamunda was they were once colonized by white folks yes, they right were. right in fact yes, they at were. the end when they're leaving for the reception yeah you the, the, the two dudes that's what i was talking about the they're with the, the hats yeah, yeah, the, yeah oh they have wigs on too yeah they have on white the white ah, wigs. Oh, i didn't even notice that oh, part yeah. wow oh, so yeah. see that's you know i this those little details yeah, it's a I, moment. Well, like it's it's funny you said you share the lines. Like one of the things I always say is that this is our Rocky Horror mm-hmm. Picture Show because black people know this thing. I was in Detroit from beginning to end. I was in Detroit one summer. Dorian came with me. We were doing like a little mini road trip. Okay, and <laughs> y'all we, like your road trip. We like a road trip. That's very awesome. <laughs> we're like, how can you not kill one another for three days? <laughs> Get in a car. Right. And so we, we went to Detroit to visit my family, and they had an outdoor showing of Coming to America. It uh-huh. was just 150 black people quoting every line to the movie. And yeah. it, it was very Rocky Picture Show-esque. Yeah. I mean, nobody was dressed up. 
Yeah. Right. But that would be a really good Because we don't do that. Yeah. But we do, though. Right, I know. We do, We got white degree. parties. I know. <laughs> we, we go hard oh, that for is, certain We got stuff. 80s night. Oh, that right. is very touche. You know? I'm just wrong. Yeah. That's the one talking. <laughs> <laughs> Black people dress up all the time. All, we dress up unnecessarily. <laughs> yes, we do. Hey, all what time. if y'all find that I've been pretending this whole time and I didn't know any black people? <laughs> and, like, that's what gave me away just now. Like, what? <laughs> What if that was my Rachel Dosho moment? <laughs> and it all unraveled from here. What's he mean? Black people don't, don't dress, dress up. up. Right. Do that research. You find out you're just a real- Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jaquiz Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? Vince, with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Time really when I was little, brown, our, um, <laughs> Malaysian man. I was maybe ten years old, and our our, our washer and dryer was on the fritz, so yeah. we had to go to the laundromat. Mm-hmm. Black people. My stuff. mom's. I remember that happening for me too. Or the <laughs> washing machine would work, but the I'm dryer like, wouldn't. Yeah, of Simone, course. of course you remember because you're black. <laughs> <laughs> so we're loading up the car with all the bags. Yes, and we're all in the car, and we're waiting for my mom to come out. My mom comes out, and she's got on her. Full-length fur coat. <laughs> oh, that's real gangster. I'm ten said. years old, and I know, Mom, are you really work? It's said. winter, baby, oh. and she just got in the fashion. She just said, I want everybody to know. Oh, that's right. I got money. That's right. This, this is whole, just a this washer dryer thing. thing is just. A, it's just that's temporary. right. See the way my washer dryer set up right now. That's right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Where the dryer works, but, but the, the washer, washer don't. Right. right. But I ain't. This ain't. This ain't permanent. Right, right. You you see this? This right. is chinchilla. Exactly. I love your mom for that. Side note: My best friend will wear a fur a fur coat to the Ralphs. Like really? she, I mean, to Wegmans. As a matter of fact. Hey. Oh wow. She is a Detroit wow. born and raised. And pitching pennies too. Listen, <laughs> like. Where my coupons? Hey, it's, it's in the inside pocket. I, I got a card. Wait a minute. Right. Swipe that. Right. Swipe that. Right. There we See go. That one work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because we were talking about, you know, it's so black and it's so, you know, we would call it unapologetically black. Yeah. In 2016, two white writers yeah. wrote the script. Like Eddie Murphy is said, wrote the it, story. It wrote the story. And mm-hmm. then you look at the script writers. It's two white guys who did the script. Dave but, Sheffield and Barry Blaustein. Yes. And but you can tell again there are so many moments. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking um the last episode, because 
apparently we just gonna keep Simone here forever. Um, about the deltas and the AKAs. Yes. And, but yes. you know there are these moments like the Jerry curl mm-hmm. stain on mm-hmm. the chair, or the preacher. Yes. Or you know like the thing that I always yes. think about that. Yes. You know, and again, kind of Luke Cage. I knew somebody had been to an actual barber shop. Oh. Because Arsenio oh, yeah. Hall's barber, who a Never had a customer. <laughs> Clarence. B, sat in the chair and ate full soul food dinners out of out of the styrofoam container. Yes. That is the blackest barbershop <laughs> detail. Because there's always yes. a dude in there eating collard greens. Like, how are you eating collard greens at 3 in the never afternoon on a Tuesday? Yes. yes. So, with but, hair in it. Right. 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 <laughs> but what I, I, what I say... Having been, you know, on set before and and knowing, think about it. You've got Eddie Murphy, Arsenio. You've got all of these amazing actors. you got James Earl Jones. Right. Whatever these white boys wrote <laughs> was not what you saw on that screen. I'm sorry. Right, right. I would love to see the original script. The original script to it. Wow. Yeah. Or at least their final draft mm-hmm. versus what Eddie polished up. Right. Versus what then made it on screen. Because yeah. that's the magic of... And it's no, it's no shade at all to On writers. Writing, no, 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 no. Because writers are, you need writers. But right. the, the collaborative nature of filmmaking is that then the actor gets to come in and say, we're going to say this. And you know they were just improv all day right. long. Oh, yeah. One Eddie my, and, and Arsenio? Oh, yeah. On. One of my movie holy grails, they say on the set of um, The Nutty Professor mm-hmm. that that scene where Dave Chappelle plays the comedian and he, and he's cracking on on um Who's sucking whose titties over here? Right. Yes. They say that they're that Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle went back and forth. Really? You know, just off the cuff, just sort of clowning each other. Woo! And I know that's on tape somewhere. Oh. Like just to hear Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle just going, going for back. So, you know, I think I, I, I say all that to say I agree with you. You have so, these sort of geniuses. Yeah. And it all just sort of, you know. Comes together the way it comes, comes together. together. Yeah. So, I guess part of my question would be, why do you think that this is something that resonates? So that, you know, again, you said you're six when it came out. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like I just saw a couple of people on, on like Facebook, you know, uh-huh. the, you see kids dressed up. Like you, you know the kids. Yeah. Like what is? What do you think it is about this that kind of stays with us? I think one, it is just the. Uh, it, it's the same thing that that people love about Luke Cage. It are, there are the details. Uh huh. You knew people who had Jerry curls. Yes. Black people love McDonald's. Yes. You know what I mean? Like just all the the small little moments where mm. you knew somebody who all the seats in their house had Jericho juice on them and they were <laughs> always squash, squash, squashing. Right. You know, black church preachers. Yes. Who yeah. Get up at every event <laughs> and use it as an opportunity to deliver a sermon. I love the Lord. <laughs> and he's just going on and they're just at a dinner party. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we we see it and we know it and we love that about ourselves. And I think that that was why people love that movie the way that they did. Aside yeah. from just the fact that it's so funny, it's yeah. just outstandingly funny. And then I think again, it is seeing what we 
as, it is an aspirational film. Even if it you is. don't yeah. aspire yeah. to be the king or queen of Zamunda, you can aspire to be upper middle class. Right. I was about to say, you can aspire to have your own McDowell's. Your own McDowell's. Right. Which is not a There's, bad life. It is not. Yeah. Theirs is the golden arches. <laughs> Ours is the golden, golden arch. arch. We got the big Mick. <laughs> but we don't put sesame we seeds on, on our buns. <laughs> can we talk about John Amos's character for uh, a second? Because I think can we? I think this is when I watched it yesterday. You were talking about your daughter, and I think you know, you know my daughter was on my you know my daughter is always on my mind. And there was a moment this time I watched it where I loved him so much mm. as a character. So you know, those of you that haven't seen. Coming to America. Why haven't you seen Coming Why to America? Why haven't you seen it? Go ahead and see but it. But when the see king it. comes at the end of the house and says, you know, can I speak to Lisa mm-hmm. alone? And, you know, once John Amos's character figures out he's a prince, yeah. he's all rah-rah. Yes. You know, oh, I want right. y'all to be together. But then, you know, the king goes in the room and, and he basically calls her a whore. Right. Which, you know, and I, low class. I've always loved about yeah. his character. It's about the class. It's about really. the class more than right. anything. And he come, but even before that, he comes out of the room, or Lisa comes out, and Lisa's upset. Yeah. And there's a split second where John Amos says, What did you say to her? Yeah. And it's all gone. Yeah. Like your son is the prince, mm-hmm. he has his own money. All of that. And then, you know, it unfolds the way it unfolds. Right. But that's a moment where he's, you know, that's his daughter. Yeah. And I don't yeah. care who you are. And then, you know, it gets to the point where he says, you know, I'm going to break my foot off. Yeah. And you know, ass. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, I think they had to stop it right there. Cause, right. Because, like, John Amos <laughs> and James Earl Jones. John like, Amos is, like, brute Like, it was man too much. strength. Right. And they were just going to explode yeah. the set. Yeah. But I love that. Because, you know, again... He's got it, you know, he's not even materialistic. He says at one point, and I wrote it down, I just don't want you to struggle. Like, like your mother like and your I mother did. And I yeah. Did. yeah. So I love that about him. I love the fact that he's not this one note, kind of one dimensional, mm-hmm. you know, I want my daughters to marry rich. So I want to make sure I got that in. I also think you don't see films where the black father is there and he is the only parent there. How Very about often, that? So How that was that? a strong choice, you it know, was. to make him this doting father, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he loved his daughters. Yeah. Again, I think he paid more attention to the light skin one than he did uh, to the well, dark skin I mean, one. Come on now. I mean, I can't, I can't say you're wrong. Younger sister was just out there doing all kinds of wow. <laughs> And well, he was well. You well, say she Lisa, was out there. Who, who doing... you going on a date with? Well, well, them some nice flowers. You shouldn't be working so hard. Like Daddy was always what? doting why, on Lisa. Why you make him sound like an old slave lady? <laughs> <laughs> you right. I did. You right. I did. Because that was some slave master, slave house mentality over there with the light skin, dark skin thing. Right. No, no, no. But I think that we don't see that often. No, which we don't. Is awesome. Right. Um, and again, I love just the. You know, my parents always looked at things from a class perspective and a financial perspective, never from a race perspective. Mm. So when I went to Howard and got all black militant, they were like, you do realize you and poor white people, y'all the same, right? Right. You can't <laughs> right, hate right. all white people because most of them is poor. Right. Very so much. this is some ignorant stuff that you're talking about. So for me to see that on screen, to see that there was this classism, the classicism that was in Zamunda, yes. yes. Then, and and the father John Amos in America was was perpetuating that as well. Right. Like, oh, you're low. 
this guy comes from a family right. that's on this level that's good enough for me and right. then to have somebody with real wealth come over and say you're not good enough for my daughter right. i mean for my son right. you yeah. know i thought it was great to see that on screen these two fathers yes yes jockeying yeah. to protect yes. their their children their, their children. offspring their lineage yeah there's another moment i'm surprised you didn't i, I understand why you didn't bring it up vince but i'll bring it up for you <laughs> there is comedy gold in this film when John Amos brings Madge Sinclair over to the Lazy Boy (laughs) and leaves her in there and she is just she is nothing but in the background about trying to manipulate how do I get Get out of this this contraption she's such a good sport she is because Madge Sinclair you know I love her so like I'm uncomfortable with that because I felt like that was a lot to have Madge Sinclair do because she's Madge Sinclair. Right. But I but love that is, she was doing so it. And, and, and she was game for it. Yes. And it was hilarious. Yes. And it's like right in the background. Right. It like, is. It's just going on right off screen. I loved it because that's the bit that in a lot of films, even black films, that's given to the guy. Uh-huh. Right. Or, or if it's yeah. given to the woman, it's given to like the young girl or something like that. Mm-hmm. This was a, you know, it's like you say, it's Madge Sinclair. Madge Sinclair. Right. She is, she is struggling. And trust me, I think she's going on memory because she's <laughs> she, she's been here before. How do I? And I got this skirt on uh-huh. and it's this damn ocelot. How do I get out of this? And it was such comedy gold. But what yeah. I also love is that it was in the background. Right. Yes. Right. Because so often you see films and it's, especially when we do comedy, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. you said, you go for the biggest joke. Right. So the, the camera would have been pushed in on her for 30 seconds too long. Right. Watching right. her trying to get out of it. Right. Yeah. Versus letting the story play out and that comedy be in the background. Like, it's just awesome. Yes. I, there, there's a question that came up in, in my mind, though, and I wonder how you Frankie would Frankie Faison. We ain't talking about Frankie. Keep going. <laughs> oh, we know. We ain't talking about Frankie. <laughs> we ain't talking about Frankie Faison yet. Pop from the barbershop. We ain't talking about Frankie, my dude, yet. though. Frankie, Frankie, he, he, he's smooth as hell in this joint. Oh, my God. Even though Frankie. Damn Frank shame what they did to that dog. <laughs> That's the first thing that Mike Coulter said to Frankie Faison on the set of Luke Cage. Really? Can you is, say? Is it really? Is, can you say? <laughs> It's a damn shame what they did to that dog. And I was so mad at Mike. I was like, I wasn't there. Oh, my God. He was like, how did you not remember to ask him to say that? I said, I don't know. It's some flaws in here, but you boys from Africa. so you're Right. Used to you that. used to that. What? But okay. Frankie Faison, he's, an, he's another one of those brothers who has always been the same age. Yes. <laughs> because he he's is never he's pop in, the, in this movie. Yes. But what I wanted to ask you, it's curious to me, like, we're talking about all the quotable things from this thing and mm-hmm. all the memorable moments from this film. And we've touched on it, one of the most memorable moments, it's Vanessa Bell's arf, 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 yes. woof, 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 yes. on one leg hopping out of, the, out of the room. Yeah. And to some degree... It's become one of the most popular things that she's noted for. Right. Even though I love her work on Shameless myself. Mm. I'm just going to put it out mm-hmm. there. But it was curious to me that as burned in the memory as that is, uh-huh. when people see Vanessa Bell, oh, that's the girl. That's Arf Arf. From, uh. 
do people feel the same way about Shari Headley from this film? Because I remember her from the film, but she wasn't, she didn't stand out from this film for me. From yeah. this. And, and I think that's a shame because oh, as milquetoast as, as the role is, mm-hmm. the moments are there for her. Yeah. And I think that it, unfortunately is a, something, again, watching it this time, I came away with. You know, like, why is Vanessa Bell, Vanessa Bell, who you kind of remember from this yeah. film and not Sherry? I think, you know, part of it is uh, that those, you know, just really glaring moments were. They pop. They pop. You yeah, know, right, I was right. Joan of Arc in a former life. My name is yeah. Peaches and I'm the best and all the DJs want to fill my breasts. Like, <laughs> those women, you couldn't pick out of a crowd, but you remember those moments. Right. That's true. Right. So true. I feel like that moment for Vanessa Bell Calloway was such a huge moment. And then she's gone on to have an amazing career. Yes. Right. Sherry Headley has not. Right. Right. I you know, she did do a number of years on All My Children. Okay. I will say that. And then has done some other work. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, but I can't. You know, Vanessa Bell Calloway didn't play a couple people's mamas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's, yeah. she's always she, out there. She, she, she never looked back. She continues to work. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? And like I said, like with this movie, I got a list over here. We didn't even talk about it. Now Rogers did the music on this show. Like, yeah. this is crazy. But there are so many, you know, people in this film that you have gone on to see have outstanding careers. Yeah. Right. Right. And Sherry Headley did not. And I think if we had seen this and this was her first kind of pop and then you saw stuff after that and then you go, I mean, remember she was in Coming to America, y'all. Right, right. But because this was it, and like you said, it was very milk toast. Yeah. And it didn't really have, you know, a lot of those levels that you would want a yeah. film, a, a character like this to have. That's right. true. But right. then when you think about it, this kind of a film, the way that it's structured the two romantic leads, Eddie Murphy and Sherry Headley, are supposed to be just the, sh- the through line, the very clean yeah. characters. Right. They don't really have as many quotables. They don't have those moments where you're like, oh, snap. Right. It's everyone around them. Right. And yeah. I think that Eddie Murphy intentionally structured the movie like that. I'm sure he could have picked an actress that was more of a Vanessa Williams right, right, at right. the time. You know, one who was... And Vanessa Williams is going to bring every ounce of everything into anything that she does. Yes, yes, she's she going to throw is. a song in there. She's going to do a little kickball change. <laughs> right, she's right, going right. to give you that eyebrow. She's going to give you everything. But he wanted somebody who was just... Right, told the line with him so that he could play this very straight, regal right. character. And then with the other 900 characters that right, he, he played, could he could cut up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he actually has said that. That the other characters liberated him. I bet. To kind of be the straight man in that in this part. Yeah. yeah. So. So I can, you know, I think that's why yeah, you don't okay. really remember her in that way. Fair enough. Fair enough. It just stuck. It just stuck with me. So I wanted to definitely point that out. It is a striking. I mean, she doesn't do a lot. She does. Come she on. She's got a lot to do, though. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's got a lot to do. Mm. I Honestly, if it was, if I, I mean, cast back then, I'm not. Who was popular back then in terms of yeah, a tough black year. female actresses? Yeah, I don't know who else would have even been up for the role. Debbie Allen? Oh, no. Debbie Allen couldn't have done it. She was. She, and Debbie Allen's like well, maybe 10 she, years she probably older. Been, probably yeah. a little bit too old and for And Debbie it. Allen's too big. 
I mean, her personality and right, like. You but know. let's say it. Let's say it was a Felicia Rashad. Okay, right. Even though she was a little older than him right. at that time, let's say it was. We saw what Felicia Rashad did with the Cosby Show. She took those moments, man, in ways that you were like. You're absolutely right. Did she? And she's just playing the loving, sweet, doting mother. Very is, even keel. Which she easily could have done. And she makes and, and, it. And she owned it. She owned yeah, it. Yeah, and Remember that episode yeah. when she was speaking Spanish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we probably shouldn't go down to Felicia we Rashad can't co- role. That's Listen, a whole different My husband road. thinks that I am his Felicia Rashad. You know what? Really? It's so funny this that you in, said I have a theory. A, I'm his Claire There's a whole generation of men in our age group. That's what we did. Looking we, for we, a Claire Huxtable. We Huxtable. all tried to marry Claire Huxtable. Yeah. That's what we all did. That is and, so funny. And, and part of my, part of my, see, here we go. See, I y- know. y'all can't see him. They sat back because they said, oh, here we go. Part of my Cosby show pain yeah. is that my son and my nephews and everybody, they won't have that. Like, right. you know, we were 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. and we said, I want to marry Claire Huxley. Yeah. And then we all grew up and tried to do our best to marry Claire Huxley. Yeah. And, you know, won. But then it's like that's not there now. No, but not if we're lucky, got... they'll have blackish. Aww. If we're lucky, they'll have blackish. If we're lucky, they there will have go. blackish. They'll all look for their rainbows. Or people not will look bad. back. That's look not bad. That's actually. not bad. Rainbow that bad. Makes me feel, thank you, Lynn. That actually makes me oh, feel good. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Early. Thank you. But you know, there's another show. Just real quick aside, that does another show like that, that people, is the type of thing that I sit and think about. Another show that people should champion a little bit more. What was uh, Damon Wayans' show with my Tisha wife Campbell? and kids? My wife and kids. Yeah, that's a show that because I have always like you know I love Felicia Rashad. I do yeah. like Felicia Rashad, but I will kneel at the altar of Tisha Campbell. Yeah, as a very slept you on a Tisha Campbell dude though. Yo, man, she is a, a comedic actress. <laughs> a, like. None other. She, she is. is on point, she is. man. She is a triple threat. Yes. She can yes. sing her face off. Yeah, man. She can dance. She can do Act. comedy and she's drama. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. She is outstanding, beautiful. Like she's. Yeah. And and you're right. But the, if you look at that show, again, the two leads were the comic gold. Yes. Everyone right. around them, you know, the kids, Junior, and, mm-hmm. and baby, you know, all the kids. They were just marginally funny right it was more situational yes. comedy but tisha campbell and damon wayans went for it yeah. every episode right. physically physical comedy mental comedy like they went for it all and yeah. so that's the difference between say sherry headley and eddie murphy right. in this movie right and a movie where everybody else is supposed to be funny and speaking of couples Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are fantastic together. <laughs> but I actually had in my notes that homoeroticism oh, is ooh. like paprika uh. on potato salad. <laughs> like it just makes it that much better. <laughs> like they're so good together, but yes. boy, they flash them eyes at each yes. other. Every it's like, boy, this what? is fantastic. Uh-huh. I do love seeing the two of them together. Uh-huh. And every now and then you're like, well, why don't they just kiss? And it. Just, and, and, and then they, just they be together. and then they played around with that a little bit yeah, in right, the bar, right, right. where where Arsenio Hall is dressed up as right. a woman, and yes. he's making eyes at Eddie Murphy, right. and I'm like, "This is the moment, this, y'all. This is yeah. it. Right just here. go for this it. This is it right here. And we have a brand new film. And we have a whole a whole other groundbreaking, <laughs> right? 
before it's time. Be- way before way it's time. Way before it's time. Kind of a film. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to talk about those rumors. We're not no, gonna, no, no, not at all. I was talk just talking about, about their performances. Yeah. You know what I thought was interesting? How quickly the romance between Lisa and Hakeem progressed. Yeah. Real quick. Real quick. Real, real quick. It was like, I broke up with, with Daryl. We are walking around, you know, McDowell's. Yes. And Queens. I'm cooking you food. No, you're going to cook me food. And now we're together together. Yes. And now we're going to get married. And like, now we're going to get married. Quick. Yeah, that's kind of like the fairy tale aspect of Of it. You know, 21 year olds. Yeah. Which was a a little interesting. But, you know, I really just enjoyed the the picture of what was the pinnacle of middle class life back then. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the wood paneling on the walls. Oh, yeah. You've got the microwaved hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was like, this is from the microwave, but these pigs in a blanket is good. <laughs> what? You got the swings in the back of the you house. Got the swings swings in the set in the back of the, of the house. You had the train over the. The well, train. First of all, first of all, you had the bar. The, in the bar house. in the house with the train. With the train. Yeah. You had the you had the white people at the party. You had white people at, at your party. party. Yep. Which is the pinnacle of, of bougie, bougie black middle class black peopleness. People. That's right. It remind like that party reminded me of what. Was the the dinner party and house party that they broke up? Yes. That they went and ran through? Uh Uh-huh. I was like. That Tucci Campbell's parents were Exactly. You were like, if you had picked up all those people and stuck them in that living room. All right. What are we talking about? Coming to America. We're talking about coming to America. Oh. We have discussed the representation of women in this film. We have. Colorism. Colorism in this film. Classism in this film. Uh, Our... As Americans, our understanding of African culture. Our understanding and the commentary within. Within that. Didn't you mention something about the music? Oh. No, Rogers. So, did you all notice when he's getting bathed to speak, to hearken back to a child (laughs) molester that we spoke of earlier on this show. Okay. That there is a beat, a sample track. When he is being bathed in the beginning of the film, that Ooh. is then used in a in a song by one of the people that we have talked about today. I, think, I did not know that. I have no idea oh, what you're talking snap. about right now. There is a do 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 Wow, and you th- wow. pull up in the club with the rentals with the wind spinning, saying oh. like that's that. That was like <laughs> one of those. That was that R. Kelly wow. Jay Z oh collaboration album. Nice catch, you know. Nice catch. Oh my catch god. Yo, if you did not believe it before, Simone Missick is official. <laughs> Because that that's a, was that's a nice catch. That's a catch <laughs> for you right there. Like now, I got to pull in my up my show. That's a, it's all soul catch right there. Oh yeah! Sit there with me and Daryl and talk about music. Yeah, that's, that's a good catch. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, wow, that's a deep one. I, I did not notice that. Yeah, and because it's R. Kelly, you know it's deliberate. <laughs> you know, like, it's like that so was good. you know. Yes, I just I, and I'm I was still I think at that point. 
I was still stuck on the whole orchestra is your alarm is clock. Is your alarm clock. <laughs> I mean, there were just so many details of opulence. Yes. It yes. was literally what can we think of? And I, I've read something today just in doing research that where they were saying, see, I'm a nerd. They were saying that the <laughs> crown that... Uh, that, that um, uh, uh, James Earl James Jones. Jones wore was like $80,000. Yes. That it was oh. all real. Yep. Wow. Yep. Real coral, real diamonds, mm-hmm. real wow. gold. And that was Eddie asking for that detail. Yes. And and she literally was like, I'm not using this costume designer. It was a white woman, interestingly enough. And she was like, I'm not using props for any of this. And she right. went out. Like the, the faces that they, that's what we ain't talk about. Oh. The faces that they had on the uh, on, on the, their on their pendants on their pendants yes. those yes. were actual casts. Oh wow! But we did not talk about she's your <laughs> queen <laughs> to be Paul Beatty a queen to be forever. I'm gonna just put my mic down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he says. For your royal of, uh, free of infection. Free of infection. For She's your royal affection. <laughs> to quench your <laughs> desire. <laughs> Best <laughs> ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Best ever. Yes. And he sells it so, so well. well. Oh, it's oh amazing. Oh, my God. Because he just walks up. He doesn't even, like, give you, like, the clearing of the throat. He just... And then, if you notice, the queen is always, like, fully back so that he can reach the note. Yes. How did we not talk about that? And the funny thing is, you've seen it so many times. You know it's coming. You know. Still hilarious. It's still hilarious. Still hilarious. single time. Yes. Every single time. And it's done well. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the thing. He's singing well. Yes. It, it sounds good. Yes. I'm waiting for, like, the funny cracking of the note. It comes when he gets a little lower. A right. little That lower, lower falsetto is, is a little rougher. But he sells it. He does. He for the most part, he's awesome. Of it. Well, I think that's the thing about Zamunda. Like, for the, like, it, that's they, what's they about play it 90% straight. Yeah. 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 Like, it's just played straight. And, yeah. you know, as the, as the viewer, you can see the absurdity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that makes it even funnier. Yeah, like you know, at no point is James Earl Jones playing a funny exactly. monarch. Like he's actually <laughs> being himself, the king of Zamunda. The moment when they're like, "What is he doing?" When they're talking to him on <laughs> right, the on right, the speaker, and he's right. like, "Let me just come on down and talk right. to you." And they're like, "What is he?" I think he's coming here. Right. Rose peddlers, rose peddlers. <laughs> right. There was another song since we're still talking about music. Okay. When they're in the club, that Eddie Murphy is singing that song. I really? did not know that. He's, he's singing the song? He's singing the, the track. Because you know Eddie Murphy loves yeah, cutting yeah. the Party album. Party all the time. Party yeah. all the time. My girl loves. And he's got a new al- He's got a new song out that Dorian literally just played like is, a month ago. How is it? He loved it. Okay. Dorian loved it. I, I, thought, thought. You meant, I thought you meant Eddie loved no, it. Right, right. No, I'm sure Eddie loved it. I'm a fan of too. How Could It Be. Right. That's my Eddie Murphy song. That's your jam? That's my yeah. jam. Okay. Sing it. How could it be? How could it be? How could it be that you don't love me? You got to go high. <laughs> and then he sings and he's at the piano because he's singing a song. And then at the very end, he looks at it and says, so, baby, who gets the house? 
tough. That's all. Tough. <laughs> tough. It is a good. It is a good, good idea to, to start wrapping this up because we have been going on about coming, coming to, to America, America. Coming to America. Yeah. which just flat out is just we've just been having fun because it is just a fun movie. Right. I mean, they talked about Muhammad Ali. We didn't talk about that. The constant oh argument. The, the barbershop. The barbershop. You, you Classic barbershop. That's it. That's day one. That's day I one. I say that's day one at least twice a week about something <laughs> that white people do. His mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. That's day one. Every Our time refusal Joe... to accept people's <laughs> yes. conversion. Right. We like Just like your daddy's pork story. Just like my daddy's <laughs> pork story. Somebody decided to be Muslim. Right. And all of a sudden, right. he can't eat no <laughs> more pork. And you know what? Well, he did it for God. Right. Right. And you know what? We had no respect for that. No. <laughs> I stopped eating pork in college because that's what you do when you're black. And Absolutely. You're, you're you become college. a five percenter. Was and your name King Supreme? Was your name was like not. Knowledge Boo? Oh, you are out of control. You are out of control. <laughs> Simone Missick is actually terrorizing the villagers. She's out no. of control and no. we need to stop her. No. Guys. I was not 5%, but I did build. Uh, I did build with the gods. Uh, <laughs> and I have right, my Vince. knowledge board. I'm not going to laugh that's, too that's hard. Right, Vince. <laughs> that's right. I'm so, not going to laugh too hard. I'm not going to laugh I too hard. And I did know today's mathematics. Yes, you did. Time. You did. So, rock that funky joint, that's Vince. right. <laughs> okay, so you gave up pork in college. Nobody actually believed me for like five years. <laughs> Here, is, 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 is eat there them, is, eat the collard greens? Right? Baby. Is there pork? Is there pork in this? I mean, it's, it's just a ham hock. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing but a ham hock, baby. There no, was, it's no pork in there. It's, it's no got a little here. fat back. Well, here, here's some sausages. Is this pork sausage? <laughs> I mean, it's sausage. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, sausage it's meat. It's just sausage meat. <laughs> <laughs> and for our younger listeners, this is back in the nineties. When there was no turkey, no turkey sausage, right? You know, or vegan sausage. That's why you love Philly. They right are there. the home. How about that? Of black people who do How not eat pork. How about that? We they say it all are. the time when we go places. I mean, we are not in Philly anymore. Everything. That's right. Turkey. Everything. That's I mean, right. unless you move to California, where everything is is vegan and vegan, vegetarian, but also turkey friendly. Yeah. Oh, tur- do you say turkey free? Friendly. Oh, friendly. friendly. Like, yeah. L.A. is the home of variety. Yeah. You can get everything you want. Yeah, that's real talk. About oh, you allergic y'all. to turkey? You can get you some free-range chicken. Oh, you don't do that free-range <laughs> chicken? Well, we'll do a vegetarian. Oh, you don't do beans? Then we'll do just mushrooms. Like, they will give you anything <laughs> and everything. Damn. <laughs> so would you recommend coming to America? Absolutely. <laughs> I think it should be required viewing for every black college student attending a white university in America. See, see, folks, and now we have the true HBCU experience because we got shade against our PWIs. University of Maryland proud Terp here. My dad is a Terp. Is it, see? No, he's not, actually. He left and went to Howard. I'm see? sorry. How did I oh, lie like boy, that? Oh, here we go. Well, that's because the white folk at University of Maryland discriminated against yeah. my daddy. Yeah. He was yeah. back in the 60s. He was playing on the baseball team, and they oh, were like, wow. oh, Negro, nice. no. Yeah. Negro, no. Yeah. They were shady. <laughs> they shaded him. So he yeah. was like, and I'm going to Howard. And so, I'm yeah. going to Howard. Yeah. So. All right, Simone. 
Would you guys recommend coming oh, to absolutely. America? Oh, absolutely. I would recommend it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. You should see the movie. Absolutely. You know, it's got some problems now, you right. know, but um, it's, 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 um, it, is, it is unapologetically black. It yes. Is, it is our culture. It is, I think, even with the, the, the issues that we talked about, mm-hmm. I think it is a love letter to blackness. Yes. So, you know. And in many ways, a love letter to that time. And to that time, like yeah. it really is a moment that yeah. So it was a it's a, a embellic of a of a moment in time in black society in in Hollywood on t- TV and in the world that um like you say it's aspirational yeah. And I think people did walk out of that movie with that feeling, mm-hmm. and I think that permeated um for the next few years in black culture. So yeah. it's this is one of the the touchstones of that time period. And, and we have Simone Missick to thank for bringing yes. it to oh, us. Thank you. Thanks, thank guys. You, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, you know, for everything. I had a ball. I, I haven't laughed this hard this Sunday. Well, we. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, she's that bitch. I had it. Because I had a good time yesterday. <laughs> You know how much I love y'all. He just said bitch, and I was like, and I'm gonna let that slide. That's real love. Hey Simone, I was over here hoping you didn't hear him. (laughs) No, that's real love. That's real. Because she knew where it came from. I did. No, guys, but I have not laughed this hard in an interview with two people I've never met before. Well, thank you. This was amazing. I had a great time. You you, you are very generous with your time. Oh, my God, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out the Michelle Mission. You can check out each and every one of our shows on MichelleMission.com. It's also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and every place the good podcasts be, as well as airing every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, Philadelphia and Camden. So for Vince and for Simone, my name is Len, and in parting we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.